1: Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I guess I should say happy divisional round Saturday. I am host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Got plenty to get you caught up on from this week as we prepare for Saturday afternoon's contest against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll start things off today with the Arrowhead Pride editors. And a wild card recap after last week's action. After that, it's going to be out of structure. Discussing some keys to this week's matchup against Jacksonville. After that, it's the Great British Chiefs show with our full Jags preview. Then we're going to take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll catch up with Chiefs coast to coast. They dove a little bit deeper into the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we will finish things up with Show and BK discussing what the Chiefs need to do when they have the ball later today. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week.
2: Skyler Thompson led Miami Dolphins, who led in the third quarter, twenty-four to twenty, but the Bills stormed back and win thirty-four to thirty-one. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, the the Chiefs' number one rival at the moment, you could argue, they held on against the Baltimore Ravens. Another scare there. Uh, Tyler Huntley of the Ravens, filling in for Lamar Jackson, tried to to put the ball over the goal line, and it led to a ninety-eight yard fumble return for Cincinnati to win the game. So twenty-four to seventeen, the. Bills and Bengals advance. The Bengals will be visiting uh, the Buffalo Bills next weekend as the Jacksonville Jaguars come to Arrowhead Stadium. Let's start there with the Chargers collapse on Saturday night. Let's just get some reactions uh, around here. John, what was your takeaway from the uh, Chargers absolute collapse on Saturday?
3: Well, I think it's the same one for most of these games this weekend. It just shows that as weird and as convoluted the process is the NFL does manage to find the teams that are best qualified to be in the playoffs every year. Yeah. And we see this when they play each other and teams that, you know, have substantially different records go in there and come out with these close games. Um, you know, part of it is because there's a lot of parity in the NFL Uh, I think I saw a stat the other day that, like, 25 teams this year are above 400, which is, like, totally crazy, highest it's ever been. The winning margin of NFL teams was lower this year than it's been on average ever. Um, So that's part of it. But it's also that these teams come in here and and there's no tomorrow. So they're going to give every effort and leave it all on the field, and eventually that's going to lead to some close games, even if they don't seem like they should be.
2: Yeah, I think the thing that, that sticks out to me about this particular game between the Jar- Chargers and the Jaguars, and you know, it, it matters this week, especially in Kansas City, because they're they're coming here is Trevor Lawrence. Unbelievable for him to throw four interceptions in the first half, yeah. Steve, and then to come back and play as well as as he did. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. And I'm I've been a broken record this year about the Chiefs not turning the football over. The Jaguars lost the turnover battle five, nothing in this game and still found a way to win. Steve, what what did you think about this game?
1: Well, full transparency on this one. Yeah. We were (laughs) off on Saturday, basically with no chiefs game. So, I had some pops, some brewskis on Saturday <laughs> evening and uh, may have fallen asleep when uh, the Chargers were up 27 to nothing in this game. And then yeah. woke, up, woke up about 1230, uh, saw the Chargers collapse. I did go back in and rewatch the second half of the game. Uh, but it, it felt like you could just everyone saw this coming, right? Yeah. Like we were talking about the game uh, ahead of wildcard weekend And it just felt like you could see this coming from the chargers. Now I didn't see 20 uh, being up 27 to nothing Mm -hmm, with Trevor Lawrence throwing four first half interceptions and then creating this incredible comeback. But it just speaks to where the Jaguars are right now. Like Trevor Lawrence, since they played the chiefs in mid November, the Jags are on a run. Like they've won seven out of eight games. Trevor Lawrence has been playing like he is a special quarterback talent in the NFL And Doug Peterson is out here saying, I'm one of the five best coaches in football, and they're playing like it right now. So I felt like you could just totally see this collapse coming from the Chargers, even though it was in a way that was even more unpredictable than I could have possibly imagined.
2: Yeah, I look at this game, and I look at the Chargers now, and I thought Brendan Staley was safe making the playoffs, but this was just a monumental collapse Mm, the the rumblings that have come out from the newsbreakers and the insiders is that he he remains safe so i think we're going to get at least another year of staley but this is tough on on justin herbert's record i I think the the big knock on herbert is he's never been able to win a playoff game before this year was make the playoffs they finally make the playoffs and here you have uh, trevor lawrence storming back in the second half and i and you know as we turn the, the page here because this leads the jaguars coming to kansas city and I heard a lot of Chiefs fans saying, you know, we just want the Chargers out and and, you know, we don't want to play them a third time. And I and I, I, get all that. But I, I think we're not giving the Jacksonville Jaguars ability to stun the world enough credit. Not to say that I think that's necessarily going to happen, but I think this is going to be a tough game for Kansas City. I really do. They played in week 10, but this is for, before the Jaguars were really on a roll. If you remember in that game, the Chiefs won 27 to 17. Yes, it was a 10-point win, but the Chiefs maintained control. It's a well-balanced effort by the Chiefs where mm-hmm. they were running the football yeah. a lot. They were uh, passing. They were spreading the ball around. And so you wonder how much you can take from that game. This was also the game where Kadarius Toney had his first touchdown of his career. You saw Juju Smith-Schuster go down. We'll see if there's any revenge built in for the safety Cisco. But I, I just don't know how much you can take from one single game that happened so long ago and the the. the Jaguars, who are now, in a, in a sense, just playing with house money because this season's been above and beyond a success, winning the sure, AFC yeah. South, and now you've advanced to the, the round where there's only eight teams left. Um, I just sense that this is going to be a lot tougher game than maybe people were giving it credit for, not to say that you should have preferred the Chargers. I get all the people that didn't want to see the division team for for a third game, but I, I don't think we should be sleeping on, on Jacksonville, John.
3: I agree. And of course, you know, the point I just made was that all these teams are going to be good and all these teams should be considered uh, tough outs. And uh, that certainly should be applied to the Jaguars. You know, Doug Peterson is a uh, Andy Reid disciple who went on to another team and went to the Super Bowl and won it. You know, this is a guy with real credentials and he's done a good job this year of turning things around in Jacksonville. I'm sure he feels he could have done better, but he won the division. And the way that NFL has figured this out, winning the division gets you to, you know, uh, into a good spot in the playoffs. So um, I, I just think this is a this is going to be a tough game for the Chiefs to get through. I think it's one they can win. But, uh, you know, I don't think this is going to be a laugher. I really don't. I don't think we're going to see many of those this year.
2: We'll be previewing and breaking down Jaguars and Chiefs all week long. But your initial thoughts, Steve, on on the Chiefs hosting Jacksonville for this divisional round game.
1: Well, I do agree with the logic that, like, you'd rather play Jacksonville yeah. than the Chargers, mm-hmm. e- even with Jacksonville still on this run. Like, they're still an extremely young team. They're still a high variance team, as we saw in the first half compared to the second half. Mm. But they are talented and they've got young playmakers. Uh yeah on defense and on offense now and th- this team jacksonville is going to be good here in the next couple of years as long as they continue to draft well they're adding calvin ridley as a weapon next year for trevor lawrence who's gonna who's a fantastic wide receiver who's been suspended all year and and so everything's looking really good for jacksonville i just think that this matchup is the true test for the chiefs when we talk about that you know, they play down to their competition level well all of a sudden this team can hang with Kansas yeah. City. Like, th- this isn't a team that you can look at like you did in the middle of November and say, we can have an average game a- and still walk out of here with a win. But I think the Chiefs are aware of that. This is the yeah. divisional round, this is the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. we're not yeah. playing games anymore. This is what we've been working for all season. So, I don't think there should be much worry to the chiefs, like overlooking the Jags and getting stunned or something like that. I think they're going to be ready to go. And I think they know everything that Trevor's bringing to the table and everything that Doug's bringing to the table. So I'm still pretty confident in the chiefs, even though the Jags
4: are rolling right now.
2: When you are down 27, nothing and then 27, seven at half and, and just the the ability to turn around. I I think that's something to remember. And, and you know, this is on both sides, but for Kansas city, they went through a, a historical collapse themselves last year and now you have the jaguars team coming in you know if the chiefs are able to go up 14 21 points they know for a lot of reasons that you should not take your foot off the, yeah. the gas when it comes to to defeating Jacksonville. I, I like the point that you mentioned steve about these young players that Jacksonville will have you've you've basically had three or four of these guys have quiet breakout seasons in evan ingram at the the end of the year yeah. christian kirk who we made fun of Right. What are the Jacksonville Jaguars doing had eleven hundred yards this year and has been so reliable. Zay Jones has been really good. Travis Etienne. So even though these aren't maybe necessarily nationally known names quite yet, I I do believe they have the firepower to stick with the Chiefs. And we'll see how that plays out at Arrowhead come Saturday afternoon. The announcement is Saturday afternoon that the Chiefs will kick off the the divisional weekend with that first early game. John, I know we uh, we love an early game. (laughs)
3: An <laughs> Not to say that.
2: Not to say that. That's uh, at, at noon, but uh, I do like three thirty over the night.
5: Yeah, the
2: night game. And and speaking of the rest of the weekend, we have the the Bills and Bengals on the other side on on Sunday. Uh, they both survived close calls this weekend, but I, I think the bigger takeaway, John, if you're a Chiefs fan, is this is sort of what we expected: the Bills and Bengals to to win their games, and now they get to mm-hmm. to beat up on each other. I, I think this is just a, a good scenario for Kansas City where. You're not gonna to have to play one of these teams because they're gonna knock each other out.
6: That's gonna be for the division. I'm telling you right now, we're three and seven, but I'm telling you right now we're taking care of business, and that game is gonna be for the division. He told him that after the Chiefs game. And you mentioned it right there. Six and one since you actually add the wild card game, it's seven and one, right? The, the 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 wild card game gets them to seven wins in eight games for a team that last year was a number one overall pick because they were so, such an incompetently run team. Just shows you how good Peterson is, how 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 good of a coach he is. But we talked about Lawrence already a little bit, but it really shows his development, man. The thing is, they were always statistically a really good team. If you follow EPA, if you follow, you know, how, you know, the, the, the DVOA, the football outsiders metrics, kind of, you know, tracking efficiency on offense and defense throughout the season. The Jaguars were a top 10 team, even when they were three and seven, three and six. They had some bad losses to kind of get to them to that record. And then it really felt like, OK, you know, they 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 have kind of lost it a little bit, but like you said you know they they rallied the troops you know won some games down the stretch you know in impressive fashion they've made a lot of comebacks man i mean that's that's one thing we got to remember you know if the chiefs go up 10 13 nothing or something don't count out these jags man the cardiac jags man they've made that comeback against the cowboys you know a few weeks uh, you know in the regular season they beat the ravens in the regular season on a on a fourth quarter comeback and then obviously this last one in, in against la so I really think it's all about the the coach and the quarterback. You know, I, I really think that's the main thing. They, ha- they don't have su- a lot of talent. You know, they're not this super talented team on defense or offense. You know, they have a lot of, if they're veterans, they're just kind of, you know, solid guys, solid players, not star guys. And the rookies, you know, even if they do have high ceilings as rookies, they're still rookies. And so that, you know, the, the, there's limitations there, just like we, we as Chiefs uh, fans know. So that's where Jaguars, you know, th- they're making this happen with – a really good head coach and a really good quarterback. That's really what it comes down to. And that's why, you know, you can't take this game too, for, you know, too much for granted because Doug Peterson is going to come in and, and, and know how to, you know, give the chiefs a run for their money a little bit.
7: Yeah. I think Doug Peterson deserves particularly coach of the year honors for how he's turned this franchise around. Yeah. how he's gotten them to this point. He's done it by being aggressive. Uh, if you look back at this game this weekend, uh, they went for two twice. They, they went for a fourth and one uh, with a, uh, a really well-designed running play. Yeah, uh, this is a you know he, he's got them playing with with confidence, uh, and it does take a special kind of team to come back from huge deficits like that to not give up to not uh, phoning in in the second half. Whenever you're down that big, it is a um, it is a testament to, to you're right coaching and quarterback play, which is you know in many in many ways all that really matters in the NFL anyway. Exactly. Um, I will say though, again, their defense has been uh, has been pretty good at times. They they really held uh, the Chargers to, to was it three points in the second half uh, this weekend. Uh, that's saying something against again a Chargers team that's just loaded on offense. Uh, even if they uh, through their own stupidity didn't have Mike Williams available this week, they still had they still had a, a roster you know full of, of playmakers on offense. Uh, You look back again at their recent wins. You know there's some. You know Texans 31 to three, the Jets 19 to three. Those aren't you know incredible offenses, but if you hold NFL teams to three points, uh, you're doing something. And sure, they gave up 30 to the Chargers, but there was five turnovers (laughs) in that game that put their defense in a really bad position. Uh, So you look at the when the Chiefs give up a lot of turnovers, their defense doesn't look very good. And and so and there's a huge correlation there. So I think uh, this defense being pretty solid without, again, a lot of big names. um, Season-wise, statistically, you know, bottom half of the league in sacks, bottom bottom half of the league in turnovers forced. But uh, somehow, you know, some way get the job done.
4: Yeah,
6: I will say, you know, their pass rush does, you know, it it hasn't produced, you you mentioned kind of bottom half of the league in sacks, but they are among all AFC playoff teams, the, the team with the highest pressure rate, uh, besides the Chiefs, I should say. So all AFC, you know, potential playoff opponents, you know, they they were generating pressure and it's because they do have some, some, some cool packages that they get into in pass downs. You know, I, I mentioned, you know, just, just not having, you know, maybe like star guys, but just solid players. You know, we thought Josh Allen, the, the Jaguars, edge rusher was going to be, you know, a guy worth, you know, giving a lot of money to, and, and he's a free agent this offseason. maybe he still earns it, but. You know he he hasn't you know this year he hasn't looked like that, but he's still a really good player, just not maybe a star player like maybe some thought. He's their you know leading edge rusher, obviously Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick this past season. You know he's physically really gifted, really talented, but he's a rookie. There's still some some you know pass rush skill stuff that he that he may not have. But they have Arden Key to throw in there as well, Dwayne Smoot, Dewan Smoot, however you pronounce it, um, both two reserve defensive ends that they will bring in additionally and have their little nascar package themselves arden key will come from the inside and they'll give you some trouble the thing is you watch the last game the chiefs jaguars game the offensive line did a really good job and mahomes did too i should say mahomes honestly it was almost more impressive mahomes pocket management because you know those guys were given you know a little bit of trouble to you know joe tooney's not gonna you know always deal well one-on-one with an arden key you know he's just so long so explosive and, and and there's sometimes he's going to give up some ground. But when Mahomes manages the pocket like he did that first game, you know, Wiley had some trouble with a guy like Trayvon Walker. Walker's going to overwhelm him. It's just going to happen. As long as you give him some chip help, as long as Mahomes understands when that's going to happen. That's where the Jaguars' money's made, is their front. If they can get pressure, if they can really create havoc, you know, that's where in their defense is going to be good. But I think that's why last, ga- last game the Chiefs offense felt so easy because the offensive line and Mahomes were doing so well in pass protection. So that is one of the big keys here. But you're right. Their defense has come on strong and it's because their front can get some stuff done. They can be pretty dangerous.
7: Yeah. The other thing that's a little bit dangerous is you've, they've got a couple of uh, guys that are, that are hard to cover. Uh, Christian Kirk uh, gave uh luxurious need fits in that game, at least yes. for part of the game. Oh, yeah. uh, he, he was good again this week in, in the playoffs. Uh, ETN now being healthy is a, is a good back and a speedy guy that, that can give him some trouble. Uh, Evan Ingram is a, Uh, a tight end slash wide receiver is is somebody that they're going to have to really pay attention to as well. Um, But, you know, again, all credit in this last game to Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, four second half touchdown passes after throwing four first half interceptions, uh, let the chargers charger that one away. And then Lawrence goes to Waffle House afterwards. So he had (laughs) a pretty good day uh, with his playoff, uh, his playoff debut as well.
6: Yeah. Yeah. My kind of quarterback. Yeah.
7: Oh yeah. uh, Absolutely. Um, Going forward, looking at this, this matchup uh, for the chiefs, the line last I saw was at eight and a half. Uh, It started off at nine and got a little bit more narrow. Uh, The chiefs obviously should be the favorite in this game after beating the Jags 27, 17, last time they played. Um, But, you know, there's probably a fair amount that has changed since that game for both teams. So, I uh, thought maybe we could look at some of the keys to this matchup specifically. So, what are some things that you're looking for that may decide the outcome of this particular game? Let me throw one out to get us started, and you yeah. can you can build on it. Uh, first of all, third downs. So, I, I noticed a tweet from CJ Scoobs on Twitter uh, last oh, time these was played. The Chiefs went seven of ten on third down. The Jaguars four of fourteen. Uh, that's a big difference. Uh, that spread of the defense being able to get off the field and the offense being able to extend drives—that may be one of the big, the big keys in this matchup. If they can have a repeat performance like that, where the defense gets off the field, especially.
6: Right, and 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 hey, that's where. And this is kind of a, a funny way this 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 game is. Is is both defense, their bread is buttered on third down. Both sides of the ball, the Chiefs defense and the Jaguars defense, they want. To get to third down, I mean every defense wants to get to third down, but that's where th- this defense, especially Spagnola, we're talking about Kansas City, that's where he gets creative, man. That's where he throws out his his best stuff. That's where you know you'll you'll see the blitzes, you'll see you know oh we're gonna show six people coming, all of a sudden we we drop back and, and the quarterback's all confused. You know he 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 will mix it up and do those on early downs as well, but that's you know Spags wants to live in third down. And and against a young quarterback, you know, he, he loves it. The thing is, Trevor Lawrence isn't really playing like a young quarterback anymore. So you have to be careful with those blitzes this this time around. May, you know, maybe the same stuff that worked the first time isn't going to work this time. Right. I will say, though, I do think Spags have been saving up some stuff, you know, really, you know, waiting to, to dial up some some of his most creative blitzes, you know, as the playoffs get here. I think he's been saving some stuff. But real quick, before I throw it back to you on the other side of the ball, I think, you know, it, with that same. The same kind of, you know, with the Jaguars defense being, you know, wanting to get in third down. The Chiefs offense needs to avoid third down. And I think the easiest way to do that, the best way to do that is to run the ball. Pacheco averaged over five yards of carry last time they played. And that was kind of Pacheco's first big kind of like, okay, like he's, he's really looking better. He looks like he's improved, Read, you know, reading his blocks and everything. That was the first time I really noticed Pacheco make a notable improvement. So. That's that's where I, I do think on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs need to avoid third down, and and that means staying ahead of the sticks, you know, a quality run game, and and just completing passes on early downs.
7: You know, the other thing that we talked about earlier in the season was how the coverage, not just the blitz scheme, but the coverage schemes, had been pretty simplistic, especially with so many rookies starting back there. Yeah, uh, and that maybe is starting to evolve a little bit. You've seen some different wrinkles with Lejarius Sneed following the team's best corner with some. Uh, different ways that they match up and on the back end, there may be some things in that bag still yet for them to to reach in and and, and throw some things at Lawrence, some disguised coverages, some uh, some different looks in that secondary that he's not used to, it, above and beyond the pressure that you were just talking about.
6: Right. Yeah. No. I I really think that the Spagnolo there is something to, and I think I mentioned this last time, but hey, he he likes to. He, he's, he said it as much in the training camp he likes to use that first quarter of the season to really understand what his defense is. He might have had to use more of the season this time with so many rookies, especially with Trent McDuffie not playing until w- week ten was one of his first games. I think it was a second game back against the Jaguars and it was kind of the first time he really got tested. I remember he, he gave up uh I think a, a, maybe just one big play down a sideline at one point so I, I I think you are right i think I think we're going to see the defense at its maximum uh chaos uh you know in in the in the uh, postseason, that's what it needs to be. You know, Spags is a chaos creator. He needs to live in that, create big plays, turnovers, even if it does mean there's some negative sides of that volatility.
7: The other key, as is the key to every single game, but maybe more so than usual, uh, and maybe this is recency bias here too. But I want to talk about turnovers. Yeah, you know the the Jags just again turned the ball over five times. They were uh, got out to a huge deficit because of that and then were able to sort of turn things around uh, after that and overcome those turnovers. The first time these two teams played, as pointed out by Lance the Spoken on Twitter, the Jags were, did an onside kick in the opening kickoff and recovered it. Right. Uh, they won the turnover battle 3-0. Uh, you know, this is a
6: you – know, Yeah, I'll, real quick, I'll say Pacheco actually fumbled the opening, the opening drive. They were inside the five-yard line. Pacheco fumbled it going into the end zone. So, yeah, onside kick. Oh, onside kick and a fumble to start the game. And they still were up 20 to nothing at one point in the first half.
7: Yeah. The chiefs were able to overcome those in that last matchup. The Jaguars overcame the turnover issues in their matchup this past weekend. Uh, but that is the thing that allows the teams to hang around. And, and, you know, this chiefs team has been turnover ratio has been a problem all season. They haven't really had a lot of games where they were in the plus cult but you want to let a bad team or a inferior opponent hang around, you turn the ball over and you turn it over uh, more than once. So if the chiefs can play a clean game and not put their defense in bad situations with turnovers, not give the Jaguars a feeling that they have a shot, um, then I, I think the chiefs should win this one fairly comfortably, but but turnovers really just being that that wild card.
8: because they do concern me they Like offensively, and I think the thing that concerns me the most about the Jags, and we haven't even talked about him, is Doug Peterson. Yeah, um, mm. and like obviously a former Chiefs coordinator, former Super Bowl winning head coach, and now the guy that's turned the Jags around. Like the the he's the only guy or the first guy since Andy Reid to take a number one seed to playoffs in one season. Mm. First guy in what ten years to do that, and I think that says a lot about the guy and. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I'm not predicting the Chiefs to lose. I think the Chiefs will win. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But I think they're going to cause some headaches. And there's going to be some serious yeah. headaches. And I think we're soon going to find out whether this defensive improvement actually is real or not. Mm-hmm. Um, because the last time they played, they they got they got after Trevor Lawrence and they got after him quite well and I've, they had multiple sacks in the first half. I'm, I'm trying to find it here how many sacks they actually got in on Trevor Lawrence, but they got after him and they're going to need to do the same because if they don't, then the Jags have the ability to score points against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm
9: yeah, the key is definitely disrupting uh, Trevor Lawrence. But we said before this uh, before this episode, actually, the, the last one that um, the Chiefs would have been preparing for a run heavy game. Now, I don't know if I'm actually highly like kind of up to um, up to thinking that at the moment because he, do, like you said, he does use his wide receivers quite a lot more now. Uh, he doesn't use many of them, but when he does. Um, he, you know, he, he he does rack up some numbers with them, um, and but they've they've also got like like you said that threat with Etienne, who he's kind of it's kind of like the Swiss Army knife of their team, isn't he? You can use him in the run game, you can re- use him as a receiving threat. And the last game, I mean, Etienne, we got like something like what was it, hundred 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 plus yards, I think it was. And mm-hmm. the last game, um, averaged about five five and a half, I think it was. Um, and to to do that in the game that they played against. Uh, against the Chargers you know, that, running that, running that much, and still winning the game, and do turnovers, uh, four turnovers in that game, five turnovers. In fact, it was four interceptions, mm. wouldn't it? But five turnovers in in, in total. Mm. Um, I just think they threw caution to the wind in that, and I think that can sometimes galvanize a team where they, if you throw caution to the wind and just think this is our shot. That's mm-hmm. when the teams are dangerous because they, you know, they're going to look at this Chiefs game and they're going to go, "This is our shot to really kind it's of." It's a free hit for them. Yeah, it is a free hit. Know, there's no pressure on them to actually yeah. go out there and 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 you know, uh, everyone's expecting the Chiefs to go into the next round. Yeah. For the Jags, they're just going. This is our Super Bowl. This is this is what we you know we we <laughs> we didn't think we were going to be here from the last game, but we're here now and we're going
8: to give it the best shot. And those are the teams that I hate playing against. Yeah, like when we played them in week 10, they opened the game with an onside kick. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they opened the game so long ago. They opened the game with an onside kick and they recovered that. And I wouldn't be surprised to see stuff like that again. I honestly wouldn't. I think that Doug Peterson is going to empty his bag on, on Saturday. And I think we're in for a thriller. I, I think do. we are as well, um, and I trust the like. I do trust the Chiefs. I think offensively, the Chiefs are going to be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. It's just this defensive improvement, and we're very excited about the defensive improvement. I, I listened to Show and BK. I can't believe I listened to another podcast. That's apps <laughs> but I listen to <laughs> Show and BK, and even shows buying in. Onto the defensive improvement. And if he Ron Hughley's buying into the defensive improvement, then everyone needs to buy into the defensive improvement because it's there and it is there to see the the pass rush has been excellent of late and it will need to be excellent again. But this what a test for our young corners. Yeah. This is now Brett Veach's time to shine, isn't it? Like he 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 is gone, he's he's the one that won't pay for a corner. He's the he's the guy he's who's happy to put it on young cornerback's shoulders. Now, let's see if his plan works out because we've been crying out for corners for years. Every time a corner comes available on trade or free agency, all <laughs> the Chiefs Kingdom's on Twitter saying, where's Jalen Ramsey? Where's Patrick Peterson? Patrick all the Peterson,
9: trainers. God, Exactly,
8: yeah. yeah we, we've all done it because yeah. we feel like we need one of those guys come to the playoff. And we haven't got one of those guys, Well, we might do in a need, I suppose. But we've got a couple of young corners now that are going to be under so much pressure to perform against a team that has multiple weapons you can't lock them all up there is going to be someone open let's see how those corners do let's see how they recover when someone does get open let's see how they do impress let's see how they do in challenging all of their receivers I, I just hope that they're up to the task because I feel the pass rush is going to get home but in the occasions that it doesn't get home which will happen because offenses are paid to Trevor Lawrence is paid to the offensive line is paid are paid to they are going to have their moments, the Jags offense. And when they do have their moments, let's see what the corners can do to respond. And I'm encouraged by the, the play of the safeties the last few weeks. I feel like Justin Reed and Juan Pornhill are playing mm. probably their best football right now, which is a good sign because you're looking across the defense and you can argue that most of the defense are playing their best football right now. But let's see if we can continue and supply us because if they don't, then you can I can imagine a scenario where the Jags put up. Thirty-one points, like they did against the Chargers. I can mm. see that, and yeah, I trust the Chiefs to get more than thirty-one points. But you are talking about sort of the line where I, I like get into coin flip side of st- stage there. Mm. If, if the if the Chiefs can hold the Jags to twenty points, Chiefs are going to win this game. Yeah, but if and if we get to close to that thirty, then you ju- you just never know. And yeah, I, I I hope the defensive improvement is real. And we we've seen Frank Clark, we've seen the Chiefs' defense get better in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. genuinely so let's let's see what happens this weekend
9: yeah you mentioned christian kirk there um they they did go through the air quite a bit in the previous game uh did Mm -hmm. the jags um and like i said we were expecting a, a kind of run heavy game i think in this game um but like i said you know you've got kirk there who got like 105 yards two touchdowns in the previous game and um you know you start to think then well you know could it be repeatable again if they think well you know, we we were quite successful in that area before. Why don't we just try and aim for that this time? Because even if the Chiefs are expecting a run heavy, run heavy uh, attack, yeah, um, could they surprise us? And and that's the worry here, isn't it? Because, like you said, they couldn't try anything Literally. to win this game. Literally, Literally anything to win this game, and all fourth downs, uh, everything exactly, like, they and go for anything. Yeah, and and that's that. that like you said, that's that is our main worry because. They are going to go for everything. They are going to go for two-pointers. They are going to go for onside kicks on kickoffs. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. going to do whatever they can to disrupt the Chiefs' rhythm. They're going to do whatever they can to at least get an edge, any kind of edge that they've got, they will go for it and they will utilise their best players for that as well. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 I mean, the key player is, I know we keep talking about Kirk and we're talking about Etienne, but the real key player in this is obviously Trevor Lawrence. Are we going to get the Trevor Lawrence of the second half of the season or are we going to get him of the
8: first half of the season?
9: Well, so are we going to get
8: the decent one or the one you think's worse than Derek Carr? Yeah,
9: yeah. I'm hoping <laughs> it's the one, you know, is Derek Carr kind of led. But um, <laughs> like you said, winning becomes addictive, doesn't it?
8: Yeah, it's and a habit. Winning is a habit. Yeah. And they, they've won a lot of football games recently. So they're going to come in right in the confidence. Is it dangerous? To play? I'm kind of like... Don't get me wrong. I didn't want to place the Chargers. I thought the thought of playing the Chargers for a third time this season was bad, dude. I didn't. I, want I thought. Play I, at all. I, I. I. If put it this way, if the Chargers were coming into Arrowhead this weekend, I probably would have predicted the Chargers to win. Um, yeah, uh, and I, I mean that. But um, with it being the Jags, Jags. I just think I I, I, I. I. I'm just hope that the Chiefs aren't showing that level of complacency that they have shown. Mm-hmm. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I think the Jags have earned enough respect. I don't think you're going to see any ring a ring of roses type of plays this weekend. No snow globe plays. (laughs) You won't won't see any of that. But I'm hoping we do see a heavy dose of the likes of Kaderis. Kaderis, Tony. Yeah. And Juju and obviously Jerick McKinnon as well. That would be a nice heavy dosage of them. Actually, actually while we're on that conversation, Clyde's back in practice. Yeah. Surely not. You don't play this weekend. I
9: I don't think you do. I think you have him as a backup. You have him um, at, at least your kind of last running back at the moment. Would you um, even, I, I wouldn't have him active. I, I don't. think. Well, will he? Just will he? Even do that?
8: Like, because you yeah. upset the apple cart. Like, if you if you have him on the having him on the bench, not playing because he wouldn't play. No. You you just you've got like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like, come on, like Pacheco and McKinnon are. As good a one-two punch at the moment as, as there is in the league, they are. And Ronald Johns so is doing all right. They complement each other so well, you you can't upset that. Like no. you've you've got to roll with them too. and every snap you give to Clyde edwards Alaire at the moment is a snap you're taking off Jared McKinnon or taking off Isaac Pacheco. And yeah, I don't, I I like Clyde. I I think the guy's great and I'm, I'm I'm sad that it hasn't worked out the way we're all hoping for, which, which I was certainly hoping for when we first drafted him, but you can't let that get in the way of making good football decisions. And right now the right football decision is to, to, you Pacheco and McKinnon sure. Well you
9: go with you go with the players and they go with the team that got you there, isn't it? I suppose. And that's uh Pacheco has been brilliant. He really hasn't McKinnon's been absolutely yeah, lights out. He's been brilliant. Yeah. Um and like you said, you just you just can't upset that. CEH, yeah, I'll admit, I'll admit, I'm disappointed in him so far. Um I know he's had injuries, I know you know you can't blame it all on the obviously on the player, and 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 you know the injuries have been a, a factor, but just disappointed at the moment really am i I don't
8: agree i'm disappointed yeah i mean it's it's a mixture of disappointment and anger but why anger why are you angry about it the the reason i'm angry happens like that happens first round picks don't always work out like and you keep telling me that but but the, the way the way that people behave about the clyde edwards pick is completely irrational right yes okay could they have picked a better player yes they absolutely could have but there's no there's like it's not guaranteed that these players will be good players like it, it's just it, it's not the way it works if if the draft was a perfect formula then no one would get anything wrong and all 5th year options would be signed and no one would ever they, the draft bus wouldn't the draft bus wouldn't exist Brock purdy wouldn't have been Mr irrelevant if the 49ers <laughs> knew what he was going to be like they would have drafted him in the first round last year yeah, because uh, we need that guy. It's not a perfect formula. It's a it's a lottery. Yeah, there is some science behind it. Yeah, there is some scouts to go behind it. But in the, the day, no one knows how these players are going to react. At the time, the Chiefs were in a position. They just won the Super Bowl. They thought, what could make this offense even better? I know this star running back that come out of LSU, the best offense in college football, who absolutely killed it. I don't blame the thought process for that whatsoever. I know a lot of people get on it. You shouldn't draft a run back like that in that sort of round. But if that guy was Jonathan Taylor and had the career Jonathan Taylor had, you wouldn't have blinked, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have cared. It just works out that way. You can't be angry about it. Yeah, a little bit disappointed and worked out. But being angry, come on, Fred, grow up. You're a man. You're a 45-year-old man for Christ's sake. You don't need to be 45? You don't need to be angry about draft picks not working out. Grow up.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
10: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com.
11: Did you see that little John is, is the half Okay, the <laughs> What? <laughs> Anybody other than Tech Nine, let Tech Nine rest until hey, the draft. That man's going to be busy you, draft weekend.
5: You're the one behind this, you're the Atlanta guy. You pulled the strings. You talked the hunt. I know you did. You probably had a little FaceTime. You got a little private group chat with the Hunts. You had the plugs in Atlanta. You're like, hey, I can hit up little John. He can come to KC. And it must have pained you to say the answer that you did about the Bengals. Because I know you want to go to Atlanta for the championship game. Deep down inside, you want to go back home. You know you do.
11: Here's the truth. I'd never been to a game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yes, I'm a Falcons fan, grew up going to st- grew up going to games at the Dome all the time, but I moved into Mizzou the day I turned 18, and from then on out, that was 2014, all the teams got new stadiums. Braves got a new stadium, Hawks renovated theirs, and of course the, the, the Dome got demolished and the Benz got built. I've been to all the other two, but the Bens is the last one on my list, and if it were to happen, I'm knocking on wood right now, if it were to happen... That'd be very special. We got got one more game before we get there, Mark. Let's preview it.
12: Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't
11: escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. The once-eated Kansas City Chiefs hosting the four-seed Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC Divisional Round. Temperature is supposed to be 33 degrees. chilly at kickoff with flurries possible. Could be a snow game for Mahomes in the playoffs. 3.30 kick. Kansas City eight and a half point favorites will get Mark's picks in just a second. These two teams also played in week 10. Kansas City won 27 to 17. And, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars not only coming off that 27-point comeback, but it's their first playoff win since January of 2018. Let's look back on week 10 as we kind of – Dive in and, and and try and dissect this matchup. Um, Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes both talked about looking back on that matchup and kind of trying to use what they learned and, and experiences in that game going into this one. Serta, who we got first?
12: I think there's a little game of chess and cat and mouse that that goes on with that. And uh, I mean, you think about it, Doug kind of won up us uh, and and got the uh, the onside kick in the first game, so. Uh, There's always a little game of that. But the thing is, we just got to make sure that we stay in tune to what needs to be done from our perspective. We know exactly what they're going to do, and obviously they'll have a wrinkle or two. Mike Caldwell, who's a former teammate of mine, he's a brilliant mind and outstanding coach, and he's done a great job. He's, He's doing a great job of putting those guys in positions to make plays, and they're doing a hell of a job. So at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about what they do. It's about what we do as an offense, and making sure that we can go out and execute our plan.
11: Classic be uh, the enemy there. He mentioned the onside kick, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that. But I tweeted this right out before the show, and including that onside kick, the first six Jacksonville possessions in that Week 10 game, punt, 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 miss field goal, punt, punt. I have a feeling if they start that same way this Saturday, uh, it might be the same result.
5: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and they started off slow, obviously in that playoff game against the Chargers. And if you look at the last, I believe, three games when they played a top ten, you can argue Dak is top ten or not or not whatever. But in that area, they played Herbert, Dak, and Lamar. All three of those games, because the last few games outside of those games, they played really bad quarterbacks. So I'm focusing on those three guys. They started off slow in each of those games. Now the theme is. They won all of those games, right? But I don't think that's the recipe for success in this matchup, especially on the road, because all three of those games were in Jacksonville. They had a a raucous crowd. They're young. You know, They may have caught some guys off guard, right? But now you're not going to do that because it's the playoffs. The Chiefs had a bye. We know Andy Reid's record out of a bye. So I think the first quarter will be very, very crucial for Jacksonville. They have to get out to a quick start because the Chiefs get up 10 nothing 14 nothing then it takes their offensive game plan out the window cuz they they're a balanced team with Travis Etienne they love to the yeah. run the ball run use play action off of that uh T Law Trevor Lawrence loves to look at his tight end Christian Kirk in the middle of the field they're not really a deep shot team they like to do the little intermediate stuff and some wide receiver screens some uh running back screens and stuff like that to keep your defensive line off balance cuz in that first meeting The Chiefs sacked T-Law five times, right? And we know the Chiefs are second in the league in sacks. So their game plan is going to be establish the run, use quick passes because they don't want Trevor Lawrence to have to think too much because he has a tendency to hold on to the ball sometimes, which can lead to turnovers.
11: I think that first matchup is going to really shine through a little bit more than we think. Usually, and you heard Eric Bittemey said, They install a little more wrinkles. They change things up, but I think for Jacksonville, especially considering they had to storm back from 27 nothing down the last time out, they're going to stick with what got them here. They're going to try and stay comfortable, stay on schedule, stay ahead of the chains, all the cliches, Um, but I think their offensive line can be exploited, and sometimes their their wide receivers get a little sloppy on the routes. You know, I'm a big QB school guy and he dug into the, the first half and the disastrous first half that Trevor Lawrence had. A couple of those on Evan Ingram exactly, and I think I think that puts more pressure on Kansas City's defensive backs, young defensive backs who are going to be playing in their first game, first playoff game on Saturday. Knock those guys off those routes. Be physical. Be aggressive. Because if the pass rush isn't getting there, which they did get there the first time, but you never know. Um, you know, you can you can impact the play and you can make a, a game changing play on the back end as well. Patrick Mahomes previews the AFC Divisional round matchups and says they won't take Jacksonville
3: lightly. I think the only difference is they might just have a little bit more confidence just because they're winning football games right now. But they're they're a talented team. I knew that the first time we played them. Uh, You can see the talent that they had. Uh, They were flying around to the football. Uh, They made a few mistakes here and there, and that's why we kind of got the win the first time. But uh, we understand how good this football team is um, and how much of a challenge it's going to be for us to go out there and try to find a way to get a win. Um, And so we're trying to prepare ourselves the best way possible that that we can find a way to win it uh, there on Saturday.
11: Look, man, I saw some chatter on the timeline talking about Chiefs winning this by two touchdowns. I don't see that in the playoffs anymore. Even though I know these two teams might not be on the same uh, plane right now, I still see a 10-point a, a game or less.
5: Yeah, I mean, w- here's the thing, though. So the first meeting, the Jags didn't turn the ball over one time. The Chiefs had three turnovers in that game, and they were still up 17 midway through the fourth quarter. Jazz scored a touchdown and make it a 10-point game. If you remember, that was the game where Pacheco had that fumble in the red zone, and they went right back to the next drive, and he was amazing. Mahomes was kind of sloppy with the ball a little bit. But, yeah, so they didn't play a clean game. They still pretty much had control of that one. Now, obviously, it's a different game. That was several weeks ago. I understand all of that. But I do believe if the Chiefs can play a clean football game and don't turn the ball over, I think it's going to be pretty hard for the Jags to keep up because their offense, while it is pretty good, they're not a quick strike offense. They're more methodical. And that's why I mentioned them getting out to a quick start is vital because if they get behind, they're not one of those offenses that can beat you down the field. They don't have that deep ball threat. Christian Kirk can at times, but I think the Chiefs feel very comfortable with their matchups in the DB room. Going against those receivers with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, the guy that I'm most concerned about outside of Travis Etienne, because if he gets going, it's going to be really, really hard to stop their offense. But outside of him is Evan Ingram. I know you mentioned him as well, because he's become one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets. And that wasn't the case during that week 10 matchup. You can see his targets have been increasing week by week. So I'm
11: really curious to see how they match up with him. You talked about a couple of Jags that we're looking at. I want to get your opinion on your most important chief coming into this matchup. I'll go first, and we kind of highlighted it in the preview a little bit earlier. Five sacks on Trevor Lawrence in the Week 10 matchup. This pass rush is extremely important to what Kansas City does at all three levels on the defensive side of the ball. I got a little hot air last time in the postseason for, for pointing this out, but I'll point it out again as we're entering the postseason. Zero career sacks in the postseason. For Chris Jones, it's got to change, and it's got to change starting Saturday. He is the pulse of what they do defensively, and helped Kansas City collect 55 sacks on the year this year, second in the league. I think he had 15 and a half. He needs to get that snide. We don't need to mention that that stat anymore. I'll, I'll go ahead and get rid of that tweet. Uh, right after he, right after he gets Trevor Lawrence onto the ground, I think Chris Jones, and I'll also give an honorary mention to, to George Karloftis. We mentioned rookies being extremely important. Five and a half sacks in the last seven games for Karloftis. He and Chris Jones can combine for a sack and a half, maybe two uh, on Saturday. I I see Kansas City living comfortably uh, against Trevor Lawrence.
5: Yeah, so you went D-line. I was actually going to go there as well, but since you did that, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Still on the defensive side of the ball, though. I'm going to say Willie Gay. He's the Chiefs' most athletic linebacker, and the Jags like to put their guys in space. Like I mentioned, the short, quick passing game. Travis Etienne, he's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league. He was known for that outside in college at Clemson. Obviously, like I said, Christian Kirk with the bubble screens, and things of that nature. Evan Ingram in the middle of the field. So they like to get their guys out in space and to create a lot of yak. And that's why I think Willie Gay can fly around because he's their most athletic linebacker. He's a sideline-to-sideline side guy. He can, He's going to be very vital because they're going to have to tackle in space. So he's going to be around the ball a lot. Obviously, Nick Bolton will as as well. But we kind of already expect Nick Bolton to do what Nick Bolton's going to do. So that's why I'm highlighting Willie Gay as the unsung hero in this game.
12: All right, fellas. We do this every week, playoff edition style, when the Chiefs have the ball. When the Chiefs have the ball, say it with me. No effing turnovers. No No effing 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 turnovers. turnovers. No No effing turnovers. None. Listen, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think it is almost virtually impossible that the Chiefs can lose this game if they don't turn the ball over. And they don't turn the ball over. If they don't turn the ball over, the Jags aren't going to stop them enough at all to be able to stay in this game. When you look at the reference point from the first game, they turned it over three times and lost by 10. And it was really more than that, just a touchdown at the end. If they don't turn the ball over, I don't, I mean, the chances that the, the, that the Jags have to win in this game is slim to none, and we know turnovers have been an issue. They've gotten better as of late, but this is this is the real focus. Run your office, do your do your stuff, and get up out of here because the way that you keep them in it, the way that you you give them confidence, you give them short fields, or you give them stops, or or you turn a ball over in the red zone, and and that's a big lift for them. Don't turn a ball over. Special teams, offense. Mahomes, the the ball carries the receivers fumbling. Don't turn the ball over, and you'll win. I mean, it feels like it's just as simple as that to me.
4: It is as simple as that, Ron. Like this is one of those. I, when I was doing the show with Carrington in, in KC, he would always say, like, other than the any given Sunday scenario, what what is the explanation for how the Chiefs lose this game? Right, if they're going up against the bad team, it's not just hey turnovers weird stuff like what is the actual football explanation as to how this goes the wrong way I don't think there is one for this game like the, the Chiefs are a better football team than the Jaguars in every aspect they got a better coach they got a better quarterback they got a better I think the defenses are are at least similar I think you can make an argument in favor of the well, Chiefs I think the,
12: I think the Chiefs they got Chris Jones so I think they're a
4: better defense and when you look at the offensively like the entire offense is just better for the Chiefs. They're a better football team. And so when you go to this end of this game on, I guess, any given Saturday um, in this scenario, if you simply play a clean game, you don't, you don't have a bunch of penalties. You don't turn the football over. You're not making mistakes on special teams. The team is too good. The Chiefs are too good to lose to this version of the Jaguars. So I'm with you, Ron. Like, This is one of those games where I I went back and I rewatched the first Jacksonville game because I I wanted to be able to prepare for this based on what we saw in that first one. And then I went back and watched what the Jaguars did last week against the Chargers. They have no answers, none defensively, for Travis Kelsey, for Juju Smith-Schuster, or for Kadarius Toney. That first time around, man, it was the moment that we both said, like, oh, we were wrong on the Tony trade. Oh, like, man, he was getting it. <laughs> he busy. was amazing. He had They had no answers for him. It was the jet sweeps. He had that slow go. He had the big play down the sideline. Like, everything you could want to see out of a player. Kadarius Tony did it in that first time around. Travis Kelsey, he's going to do what you saw last week from Gerald Everett. It's going to be the same kind of stuff. Juju smith Schuster was off to a huge game before they ended up taking him out with the concussion, this is a game that they have no answers for your weapons. Patrick Mahomes was amazing. He finished the day, I think it was like 31 out of 30, or 26 out of 35, and three of those were drops by open wide receivers. They've got no answers, man. Just don't turn the football over. You're good to go offensively.
12: Yeah, yeah, I I think it's very, very simple. I know for you, BK, there are, there are some guys, at least on this offense, in this game. I think you just talked about a couple of them in this game that, man, they just – like you You would expect that the game plan is that these guys get off. Because I, I just – the matchups with – first off, Kelsey Kelsey and Tony you brought up were really – like uh, there's there's nothing they can do. There's, there's nothing they can do at all with those cats. And I, I, I do. I'm with you. I expect that those guys – really 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 have big games or if not like i feel like this is really cocky it's just hard for me not to see that those guys like at least two of the three of uh, tony kelsey or juju any of the two of the three don't just get off and have big games and we
1: talked about travis kelsey last week and how he's been quiet lately and especially in the end, it though. seems like yeah and he's got a six game scoreless streak and you know, it seems like defenses are just keying in on him more. And so maybe that is slowing down the Chiefs' offense a little bit. But Travis Kelsey's a Hall of Fame player. Like and this is still the Jacksonville Jaguars. And like, yes, they're playing well right now. They're a fun, exciting, interesting team, but their linebackers are bad. Like they're line they don't have a linebacker that can cover Travis Kelsey. Like, I don't think that they, any of their safeties are good enough to truly lock down Travis Kelsey. So This is a huge Travis Kelsey game in my mind. Like, I am going all in on Travis Kelsey everywhere this week because I think he's going to be a monster in this
4: game. It's also the first time Kelsey's played a playoff game in KC without Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. And I think that's a big part of this as well. Like, we know when the Chiefs get into the playoffs, they rely on those two. That's what it's been in the past, right? You get in and the, the passing tree kind of consolidates a little bit more around your best players, or at least that's what you hope to do as long as the defense allows for it. And Travis Kelsey, you look over the last two years, what he's done in the postseason. Here's his yardage totals, Ron. 109, 108, 133, 108, 96, 95. He's had a touchdown in five of those six games. Travis Kelsey, when the lights are the brightest, this dude shows up, especially over the last couple of seasons for the Chiefs. I expect nothing to change in that regard in this one. I, I, he's the one that I have the most confidence in. And, I think and Patrick, second for- And Patrick looks for him.
12: Like 100%. In these, and he looks for them as those numbers because I bet you the receptions are, are really high in a lot of those games as well, too. He looks for him.
4: Yeah, be, because he's a guy that you trust. You, you need a big play. He's somebody that you go to. And I think the other guy that he trusts going into this one is Juju Smith-Schuster. Those are the two that I would have the most confidence in. The other reason why is just the, the Jaguars play a decent amount of zone. And when you play that against Juju, he's going to find the areas, especially in the middle of the field, you mentioned the linebackers, Serta. You can take advantage of them, whether it's in the running game, running downhill because they are more speed guys or in the passing game. There's going to be open areas in that defense. Uh, Kelsey and Juju are the two guys that I would focus in on. I've, I've got a high level of confidence they finish with good games in this one.
12: Yeah, I do too, and I don't think that the McKinnon thing slows down either. Nope. I, I think he's he was not – that's not the same person you had to look at when they played them the first time, the way he's as productive as he's been. I think the run game is, has a chance to really, to really uh, give them problems and fits. I know the Chargers didn't run it well, but they just give up uh, in the run game last week. Um, speaking of the run game, that means the big boys up front, and um, <clears throat> uh, th- th- this is a big key to this run as well, including the guy who was looking to get paid, and Orlando Brown. Um, this is the start; like he's had some moments, and somehow he. he I mean somehow by Pat Mahomes grace, he made it into uh being a pro bowler. Um, uh, but he but if he wants to really get paid, like if he has a big time postseason, like he's got a chance. And like they run the football well, him protecting that 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 starts here against Jacksonville.
4: It, it does. And I we were talking about this a little bit before the show and sort of at or I don't know, don't remember who asked it, but they basically said like, hey. You know, are you more comfortable with him if he has a dominant postseason performance? My answer was pretty simple like, no, not necessarily, but I think he has more to lose than to gain in this postseason. If he looks like a liability for the Chiefs, I could see how Brett Beach says, you know what, whether it be a franchise tag and trade situation or something like that, may- maybe it is time for us to go our separate ways and to find another answer there, or at a minimum, just don't give him the long term deal. If he ends up playing really well in this postseason, Ron. I could see the chief saying, "All right, he did what we asked him to do. We said go out there and prove it. We went out there and we won a Super Bowl with him as our starting left tackle, and we did so with him being a contributing member of our offense. He wasn't just being carried by the quarterback. So if that ends up being the case, I think he could get paid. He could end up making twenty plus million dollars per season moving forward, and he'll get the guaranteed money that he was looking for. I think this is a massive, massive month for Orlando oh, Brown absolutely. Jr." Hell yeah.
12: And I mean and and right, like Josh Allen is a pretty good player. He generally lines up on the other side. Um, which which you probably see a lot of uh, him against seven seven. Uh but this and this isn't like pass rushers where you're like, oh my God, this is one of the elite pass rushers they've got on this group. No, nah, he should like he should handle this group where he's keeping them quiet over over there. So uh, this is huge for him. So like this is this is you talk about your chance to make money. Like this, yeah, I is, mean, this is big for Trevon
4: you. Travon Walker and Josh Allen are the two guys that I'll see the most of. They have six and three and a half sacks this season. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're solid, they're they're talented, but they're very young and they're they're not the types of guys that you would expect to completely wreck. They
12: seem me. like they seem like they they get more of their their action and pressures and big plays off of blitzes in the secondary yeah. corners, like they did to change the game around against Tennessee. <laughs>